0: Languishing in jail, pre-trial, doesn't make sense for a lot of people. You potentially lose your job. You can't support your family. On the other hand, what we have seen, and and there have been certainly issues that have been raised, is that people are recommitting offenses. And that is a huge argument that opponents of bail reform have raised.
1: What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news story? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one conversation with our reporters every week, right here, right now. The Debrief. So we're going to revisit the issue of bail reform again because it continues to dominate the headlines. And we want to make sure that viewers understand where we are and what we think might happen. Our investigative reporter Sarah Wallace joins us because Sarah did some recent reporting on where things stand now with this issue, Sarah. Uh, A couple of incidents have happened, and this has become an emotional lightning rod between law enforcement and civil rights advocates. Uh, There's agreement. It seems, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that perhaps some reform is needed, but there's disagreement on what's driving it and how much is needed. So why don't we bring everyone up to speed where we stand here in mid-February?
0: I think most people would now agree that there is going to be some, as I said, reforms on the bail reform, just because it seems as if it were a little rushed, and I think that there are some issues that need to be addressed. The primary issue that we're seeing is that judges now don't have any discretion at all, and New York would be the only state where this is not the case. Um, And I think that that's a problem, because... What we're now seeing is that there's a statute, and a statute only, and it limits the offenses that are bailable. Violent felonies, some sex-related offenses, and domestic violence offenses. But there is a list of offenses that bail cannot be set, including stalking, assault, second-degree manslaughter, vehicular manslaughter lots of problems here.
1: You interviewed a guy who actually was released uh, facing a manslaughter charge, correct?
0: Right, and here's the flip side of that. He argued he was looking at $250,000 bond, sat on Rikers for eight months, couldn't post bail, and all of a sudden recently found out that he was being released under new bail reform, second degree manslaughter charge, Mm -hmm. gun charge which is no longer available offense. His claim and his response was, well, now I can be with my family and I can fight my case outside. And that is what civil rights advocates have And he vowed
1: not to go back into the system for any other wrongdoing other than to face this charge, he says. Yes, and
0: and, and that is a valid argument that civil rights advocates have said, is that languishing in jail, pre-trial, doesn't make sense for a lot of people. You potentially lose your job. You can't support your family. ON THE OTHER HAND, WHAT WE HAVE SEEN, and, AND THERE HAVE BEEN CERTAINLY ISSUES THAT HAVE BEEN RAISED, IS THAT PEOPLE ARE RECOMMITTING OFFENSES, AND THAT IS A HUGE ARGUMENT THAT OPPONENTS OF BAIL REFORM HAVE RAISED.
1: WE REPORTED stories. ONE STORY, I GUESS A DRIVER uh, ON LONG ISLAND, I THINK GREG SERGEL COVERED THIS, HE GOT OUT, and uh, OR HE COMMITTED a, a DRIVING OFFENSE WHILE UNDER THE INFLUENCE and, AND SAID HE WOULD BE OUT SOON OR SOMETHING LIKE THAT.
0: WE'RE yeah. SEEING A LOT OF THOSE CASES. WE'VE SEEN REPEAT BURGLARIES. and one of the issues that is different in new york than it is in new jersey and we covered this by the way when new jersey went into a virtually no longer cash bail system and one of the things that new jersey is doing differently is that they do have a risk assessment formula and it allows judges to assess the likelihood of a defendant to flee the possibility that they could recommit a crime or obstruction of justice through victims or witnesses. So judges do have discretion in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and they look at a risk assessment system. you get got a point system of zero to six of what your risk could be to public safety. So in New Jersey, there is a public safety c- component. We don't have it in New York right now.
1: And I want to be clear, Sarah, because I know you reported this, but the, the, the civil rights advocates that you talked to saying that we're gravitating towards mm. these high-profile incidents and we just simply haven't had enough time to see if it's working as intended where low-level criminals are not languishing in, in Rikers waiting for their case because they couldn't make bail, uh, which is what they wanted.
0: Correct, and they want and they believe that we should have a more equitable system, that for too long, the bail system has been inequitable to minorities who predominantly are making up the pretrial detention system in New York primarily on Rikers. And that this is just simply a way to level the legal playing field. The argument is, and it's a valid one, is that bail was never designed to determine dangerousness of an individual. It was only to ensure that somebody come back, Comes to, back court. to court. The parents. old system, the old statute was what that said. Mm-hmm. So now to argue that, well, we should 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 consider dangerousness of an individual or the chance that they will recommit is something that technically wasn't in the old statute. Mm -hmm. That, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty is the argument, and that that should be the same if you're accused of a misdemeanor or you're accused of a capital crime.
1: One other thing that came up, but it is from prosecutors, and that is a change in discovery laws, which is said that Define the time that prosecution had to turn over the evidence to the defense. They used to have, what, unlimited time, or it could be the night before the trial, right?
0: Oftentimes, we have heard that prosecutors dump. They do a discovery dump right before trial, or literally when the jury is being picked. And understandably, civil rights advocates argue that that wasn't fair. They don't have time when a jury is being picked to go out and find all these defense witnesses who could potentially help their case. On the flip side, now what we're seeing is that prosecutors are overwhelmed by this work of trying to turn over all of this discovery. They're working overtime.
1: Within 15 days now with the new law, right? Or Correct. perhaps you can get an extension, but more Correct. or less 15 you days. You
0: have to do it. It's speedy discovery right. release. And the other thing about that, and there has been a case raised on Long Island recently when a victim was killed mm-hmm. in an MS-13 case. There's going to
1: be a witness, right, to testify Correct. potentially? Yeah.
0: Right, so the the question is whether or not this allows bad yeah. guys to go after potential witnesses or victims because those names
1: had to be turned over yeah right. officials are saying it didn't but that issue was raised interesting I know you had a soundbite with Governor Cuomo uh, what is he saying about what will happen in Albany now or what should happen
0: I think Governor Cuomo is now open to the possibility that there might be reforms here he has said let's look at the possibility of changes let's just not have a knee-jerk reaction and the reality is that it has been a short period of time. Mm-hmm. The law took effect January 1st. So, you know, proponents of the changes are saying give it some time. We don't know yet the data on whether or not there is going to be an increase in failure to appear. Mm-hmm. Many of the court dates that are given right now for desk appearance tickets, those court dates scheduled are for March. Mm-hmm. So we don't know yet if people aren't going to show up. In New Jersey, the statistics show that actually there has not been an increase in failure to appears with the new bail system there. So mm-hmm. they believe that for the most part it's working in New Jersey, although they have gone back and made some changes. Right. Now there's an increase in pretrial detention requests for gun charges, mm-hmm. for certain domestic violence charges.
1: Okay, all right. So we're gonna continue to closely watch it and come back here on the podcast to, to kind of update you because it is an issue that hovers over our city and our state right now. Before you go, I wanted to talk to you because you were had done some lengthy detailed reporting on the case of Fotis Dulos. Who obviously recently uh, committed suicide but we wanted to check back with you on that story perhaps get your reporter's notebook now uh, where do things stand you still have children who are involved here uh, you still have another defendant in the case just kind of update us in on some of your reporting and your insights
0: I think that all of us who covered this case were absolutely in a state of shock when he took his own life nobody who was involved saw that coming. We were all at the courthouse, a group of us, because he was supposed to show up the day that he took his own life for a court hearing on an issue with the bond. And his one of his attorneys was at court. We all expected him to be there. And when he didn't arrive, we then heard that there were paramedics at his house in Farmington. Simply a tragedy for his family, his five children, who, as I said, have lost both their mother and their father in a year. We haven't heard a lot about the children, but we do know that they are living with their maternal grandmother. And it's just it's I think it's just a tragedy all around.
1: There had been some talk about a note perhaps left. Where did your reporting go on that? What do we what were we able to learn? On
0: he that? did leave a note, and the note basically said that he refused to spend another night in jail for something that he wasn't involved with. Mm. It did not indicate in any way that he felt that he was guilty for the crime. And in fact, until recently, and I spoke with him a few weeks ago, Mm. he was defiant that he had nothing to do with his wife's death. Lots of people disagree. They believe that the fact that he took his own life indicates guilt, but he did not Say that in any way when I have spoken with him.
1: I think I said one other defendant, but actually two other people were charged. That's correct. Michelle Traconis and, and an attorney.
0: Correct. His former girlfriend, Michelle Traconis, and Fotos Doulos's former real estate attorney, Kent Mwinney, are both charged with conspiracy. What defense. happens
1: with their cases? Does this impact it at all? What happens?
0: Their cases are not impacted. They continue to go forward. Fotis Doulos's case is likely to be dismissed in the upcoming weeks the prosecutors generally do that when a defendant is no longer alive we expect that to happen the attorneys have said they will appeal i don't know how far that's going to get right
1: oh yes and you were reporting that they want on behalf of the estate correct to try to clear his name but we didn't know if there was a lot of legal precedent for that or
0: there isn't a lot of legal precedent to do that i don't think that they believe that that is going to be successful and that his estate will ever go to trial okay
1: all right. Sarah Wallace, I team, thank you for stopping by. We'll probably have to check with you again on these on these issues. I'm your host, David Ushry. We want to thank our production team, Darren Price, Jesse Edwards, Ben Berkowitz from our digital team, and Harrison Choi. We'll see you next time from our busy newsroom here at 30 Run.